This week, we're going to dive into the age-old question of buy and hold versus tactical investing, which is right for you in retirement. We'll find out on this episode of Label on Fire. Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. With me is Mr. Label Sternbach. First of all, Label, what is tactical investing? So tactical investing, it covers a vast range of strategies, but it goes anything from trying to time the market of buying specific stocks and saying, I'm going, I'm buying now, I'm selling now, to doing things like trying to pick up individual companies that you think are on the rise and then selling them when they start to go down. But tactical refers to that broad category of active investment management, not being passive. The analogy that people use is they'll say Warren Buffett, right? He is, he's buy and hold. He buys companies and he holds them for eternity. The truth is though, right? He isn't exactly buy and hold. He does buy and hold it for forever for a very long time, but he's very active in terms of what he buys. So I think that's a little bit of a misconception out there, but the difference between I'm just going to buy an index fund versus I'm buying somebody who buys and sells that is really when we talk about the difference between tactical and buy and hold, that's what we're referring to. Okay, so dig a little deeper into the buy and hold aspect. I understand now tactical investing, but buy and hold, there are some intricacies with that as well. Yeah, so with buy and hold, you have the basic premises. I don't know, right, the, or I'm not Warren Buffett, right? So I don't know which company to buy. I don't know wh- who's going to be the next Apple or the next Uber or the next whatever. So instead of me trying to pick who's going to be the next unicorn, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a whole bunch of different stocks that either I think have a high probability of being the next thing, or I've bought enough of them that it doesn't really matter because I'm going to really just participate in the sector going up or in the economy as a whole growing. And there's lots of different philosophies for how to go about doing that and then how to achieve diversification by doing that. But that is basically the premise that I'm just, I'm buying everything because I can't pick just one. I don't know how to just pick one. Wow. So help us to start. So we've got these two ways of investing, tactical and buy and hold. So as I'm sitting across from you or somebody like you, how do I assist at the performance? How do I help to determine which process is right for me? So I think that, I think that you really got to ask yourself the question, right? And this is this is one of those differences between when you're working versus when you're retired. Okay. And when we go, when we look at that 321 retirement plan that we've talked about for the last few episodes, the 321 retirement plan, which you can get on the web, on our website, but basically it's a guide for how to manage your money so that you're always making the best decision for yourself and your loved ones. And you're ensuring that when you need to take money out of your retirement accounts or out of your savings accounts, you're doing it at a time that's advantageous for you and not for the stock market, not for Congress, not for whoever. And the biggest challenge is if you've got the vast majority of your money tied up in the stock market, which you generally have to have, because unless you have an extreme amount of wealth, 
generally speaking, you're going to have to tap into your assets and you're going to have to have them continue to grow throughout the rest of your life in order to fund your lifestyle, right? Because that's what it means when you don't have a job, right? You got to get the money from somewhere. Right. And most of us are not independently wealthy or not wealthy enough to the point where we have enough money that we can just live off of the interest, right? Now, there are people who can do that. Their expenses are either so low or their assets are so great that they can just live off of the interest. And if you're one of those people, I congratulate you. This is a great strategy, but generally speaking, you're just going to put your money into CDs or treasuries and you'll be good. For the vast majority of people who aren't like that, you're going to need to grow your money more aggressively. And you're going to have to make sure that when you're taking your money out, that you're doing it not when the market is down, right? Because that's what the stock market does. It's, it goes up and down. And there's no two ways about that, right? You can't get the up without going down. So you need a way to take your money out. So going coming back full circle, right? When we talk about buy and hold versus tactical, right? And when we talk about how do you implement the buy and hold and tactical and which one is right for you, I think you really, you can't say one is right and one is wrong. I think it's some, sometimes one is more appropriate than the other, and you need to implement them both equally in your plan. The tactical is great for, let's say you want to make sure that when you're taking your money out of the market, it's not at an all-time low, right? So you're, ta- you're timing the market, whether you're day trading or not, you're timing the market to some extent. And same thing with buy and hold, right? You there's a certain amount that we can't time the market. So we need to have a strategy to be able to hold on to it because we want to capture that growth. So I think that we need to reframe the question, right? And you need to reframe the question as how do I implement a buy and hold strategy or a tactic and a tactical strategy or what proportion, how should I implement that in my retirement plan so that it funds my lifestyle? Because I don't want all the lows of the market, right? I don't think anyone wants to go to the low points of the stock market. And if you're doing individual stocks, that can be really low. They could go to zero. At the same time, we don't want to have the anxiety of, is my tactical strategy working, right? Am I selling at the wrong time? Is this tactical strategy something that no longer works? Wow. Everybody, Label Sternbach with us this week on Label on Fire. And I'm just wondering, so... In this written plan that you educated us on about the 321, do you write in certain triggers? If this happens, then this will happen. This is how I will make moves. Are these the kinds of things that go into the written plan? Absolutely. So you have checkpoints in your plan that say that you put in there and you say, if these events, if we think that these events are going to happen, then we are going to take advantage of them or protect ourselves from them using XYZ. The other thing, is you have that time banding, right? You have those buckets of money that you've separated. And by doing that, you've automatically added a certain layer of protection and a certain layer of buy and hold and tactical, right? So when we think about how do we grow our money over the long run, I can tell you, you go buy the stock market, right? Buy the S&P 500 and hold it for the next 20 years, you're going to make a lot of money, right? can't do that in retirement because you need your money immediately. But if we separate it out and we say, okay, this money, I know I'm not going to need for at least five years. I'm not going to need it for 10 years from now. Then I can buy the stock market. I can just hold it. and I don't have to worry. By the same token, right? If I have money, I have a pocket of money that I know I'm going to be relying on for the next year to live off of that I need for my expenses. 
what am I going to do? I'm not going to invest in this, the S&P 500. I'm also going to have to sell it on a regular basis, which means I'm automatically timing the market. So I have to use a strategy that's okay with that, which means we got to do things that take on less risk. Maybe that means using short-term CDs or short-term treasuries or money market accounts, right? A money market fund is a very easy way to plug into that. But you need to have something that if you sell it, it isn't going to go to zero, right? You don't risk that it's going to be down 20% on the day that you need to sell it. Wow. That's, Automatically, that's, you're doing tactical investing. That's a big concern. And it just begs a question for me. So as you're talking about these two different strategies, buy and hold and tactical investing, do you find that retirees are more active in these two strategies in retirement rather than leading up to it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that when people come to me and they haven't retired yet, generally speaking, they're in a buy and hold strategy because statistically speaking, that is the best approach. You do have people who are very active and they like to day trade or they like to pick stocks or they think that they're doing dividend investing. And so you do have people who do that. However, generally, in fact, I can count on one hand the number of investors I've seen, investors I've seen who do that, who actually did well for themselves. The vast majority just don't understand enough of what they're doing. They think they understand it, but they understand one market cycle and one subset of products. But as soon as that disappears, they get wiped out, right? And so they end up in a worse position than if they had just bought the stock market, like their friend who doesn't know anything about investing and get, kept just putting his money into his 401k. They end up a lot worse off than if they had just done that. So- the people who are usually end up being successful, they have buy and hold strategy. They come to me in retirement and they think that they can keep doing this buy and hold. And I explain to them, you got to pull your money out somehow. You're right. going to have to generate income off of this portfolio. And I hate to break the news to you. You don't have enough money to just live off of the interest. And as soon as you get into that conversation, now it's a conversation. Okay, now I have to sell things. What am I selling? When am I selling it? How am I doing it in a tax efficient manner? Oh, and by the way, you got required minimum distribution. So even if you didn't want to take it out, you thought you can live off the principal, IRS has other ideas. You're going to have to make that move anyway. Yeah. You talked often about the emotional part of all of this in every plan that you put together. How do you pull that retiree back from the cliff, so to speak? when they've had this idea and we've got the written plan, but it didn't go exactly as you had planned it. What's your first strategy in pulling them back and say, look, this is what we need to do now going forward for the next two or three years, or maybe the next 18 months to get things right again. I think it all comes back to the conversation that, and this is a conversation that I have with everyone from day one over and over again, right? Money isn't the end goal, right? It never was. Some people want to have a number in mind, but let's be honest, right? Most of us don't care about the number. What we care about is the lifestyle, right? There's a certain lifestyle we want to have, whether it means that we can go to the grocery store and not worry about what we're purchasing, whether it means we can go out with friends and not look at the prices on the menu, right? What, whatever that means to each of us, that is what's important. And so what we need to do, right, is we need to map that out and we need to say, okay, our number one goal is to have this lifestyle. And this lifestyle means X, Y, Z, right? It means having this house. It means taking these vacations. It means not worrying about X, Y, Z. It means being able to give the grandkids whatever presents they want and not worrying about it, 
right? This is what the lifestyle means. Me as their planner, I generally come up with a number for them loosely based on the number that they have given me. They tell me I need 70,000 a year to make that happen, to feel comfortable. I'm like, great. Okay, let's plan for 70,000. Let's plan for 90,000. And let's see if we can make it work for 90,000. Let's see if we can make it work for 100,000. Then we map it out. And it's going to be a yes or no choice at the end of you got enough money to do it or you don't have enough money to do it. Now, the the other. Right. It's one or the other. Now, sometimes you land in the middle and it's, I can help you make this happen. But in order to do that, we're going to have to take on significantly more risk than you're taking on. Mm-hmm. And I can never predict which, which answer I will get. Sometimes people say, no, I do not want risk. That'll keep me up at night. I do not want it. I'll cut my expenses. And other people are like, I'm good with that. I'm fine with it. Label, you manage it. You take care of it. I don't want to think about it. You just let me know that I can spend my money and I'll, and you worry about the rest. Interesting. We're just about out of time. Yields for you. Will this still be a a really good resource for us for buy and hold versus tactical investing? Absolutely. So if you go to yieldsforyou.com, go through the blog, go through the resources that I have. I have a resources section, ton, a ton of information over there, as well as you know, how to build this 321 retirement plan, which that's really the key, whether you're using tactical, you're using buy buy and hold, whether you want to live off of the interest or you want to spend down your principal, it doesn't really matter because you need a decision-making process that will ensure that you're making the smartest decision for yourself and your loved ones, help you project out those numbers. And that's what you'll find on our website. And that's yields4u.com, yields, the number four, the letter U, Dot com. This is Label on Fire, and I don't normally do this, but I have to tell you that my big takeaway would be money isn't the end goal, nor should it be. It should be the lifestyle. He's Label Sternbach. This is Label on Fire. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, Book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.